gentlemen, welcome back to the mists of Barovia and inside the walls of Castle Ravenloft as we return to playing the Curse of Strahd on PZ85 Plays on the Podzilla 1985 Network. I am your host, your Dungeon Master, Cody Sandusky, and I am joined along our cursed crew as they enter the walls and potentially meet a fate aligned for them since the moment the mists open to receive them. Starting first, it is Bjorn the Blood Hunter from the West Coast. It is Kaz. <laughs> Howdy do. You heard it, Hunter. You heard it, right? Yeah. I was gonna let him introduce me and then just make yeah. it my bit. Go ahead, Cody. Go yeah, on, Cody. all right, yeah. Uh the bit extraordinaire, Rasmus <laughs> Thomason, played by Double H. I have to go change uh Kaz's name in the group chat to Bjorn the Blunt Hunter. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what I heard. I also yeah, heard that. The what? That's what I heard. The I think we can let Snakey Minaj go. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> time for that one to go. Uh, the Blue Wonder, the Air Genasi, played by Lindsay Wolfgong, and Zephra. I am here and I am cold. I don't like it. Oh, she's turning blue like her character. Daba dee, daba die. And now the lights are flickering on Hunter's camera, and I'm very like terrified. I'm going to stop playing with stuff now. <laughs> I'm going to stop it now. That's great. There it is. Yep, there it went. Okay, and our, uh, a co-host, or the, the host, up. creator, god, deity, I make the joke every time, whatever the fuck he wants to be at Podzilla 1985, and Sophie Valmont, played by Shannon Young. I have to disagree with Wyatt Russell on one thing. I saw it, Just I, one thing? I saw an interview he did with Kurt Russell on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel's show, and they were talking about Goldie Hawn, and he said Goldie Hawn is, is 70-something, but she still looks like she's 20-something. I disagree. I can't say I've recently looked at a picture of Goldie Hawn. She hasn't looked like she was 20 since 1920. And I like Goldie Hawn. I'm just saying, don't say she looks like she's 20. She doesn't. Oh, shit. Maybe say his mom, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about Wyatt Russell. That's his mom. I'm looking at her right now. I'm looking at her right now. She's still lovely. She just doesn't look like she's 20. It's Wyatt Russell. That's. Yep, it is, in fact, her. That is his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Which there's a lot of layers to that. Of course he said that. If somebody said that shit about your mom, you would dig your mom up and beat them with her. I would use her like a puppet, I would use her like a ventriloquist dummy. Um, and I would look at I my mom. I, I, like would, that one. That was I good. would look at the person that said it and show it my mom and say, "No bones about it, she's upset." <laughs> I think you guys will appreciate this. I, I was I talking uh, earlier about <laughs> some shit, and I said somebody is going to tell me that they penciled me in for something, and my response is going to be, "Then turn that pencil around and erase me the fuck out of it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <sighs> Cody. Yeah. Cody. 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 Yeah. Cody, come here. Cody. Come here. Uh-huh. Cody. I'm here. Cody. I'm here now. Cody, you've you've been doing this show for a year and a half now. Oh god. I have. Cody, how have. do you like Cody. us now? How do you like us now? Son of a bitch. Cody, Cody how badly do you want to hand the DM reins back to me? Hunter, I need a time machine. So I can go back to me <laughs> last summer and be like, hey, hey, buddy, you just push the hand down. It's not your time. It's okay. Let someone else Cody, run the game instead. Cody, I'm, this is your conscience. I'm fucking with you. Let's play the game. <laughs>
Oh, we're slap happy. It's nine twelve, and we haven't rolled a single goddamn die. It's about right. Okay, I guess, oh, shit, I'm rolling so many right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got so many math rocks. That's right. I got like six of them. Here. Bjorn, you rolled a thirteen initiative. I hate to tell you, you're not going for Bjorn, Bjorn the blunt hunter. <laughs> Bjorn the blunt hunter. He hunts. I'm the getting blunts. all these out now. The, the that best, way, I'm going to roll awesome tonight. The best flubs I've ever made. Okay, when last we. Entered the mists. The party had. I'm surprised no one hit the button. We don't have it any anymore. Work. We don't have it anymore. Fuck. Damn oh, it. So dark, gray. I can see it. Dark, I'm looking at it right now. Miss. I miss dark, it so much. Mist. I'm Fucking so happy. Tanner. The only way to get to it is to delete all of the other ones, and I don't want to do that either. No, there ain't a single one of them we need to delete. Tanner Leave has, Tanner has oh. two children, and this would be the only good thing he'd ever do in his life if he put them back on there. Well, uh, I'm going to segue <laughs> quickly out of this one. For that. Keep talking. <laughs> no, it's it's better this way, Hunter, because I have nothing of consequence to say now. That was uh, uncomfortable. The, the black carriage pulled its way up into the walls of Castle Ravenloft. The drawbridge started closing behind you. And as the four of you exited from the black <laughs> carriage, Rahadin told you, welcome to Castle Ravenloft. Rain yeah. has been falling, yeah. lightning is crashing, it's a generally an ominous, <laughs> dreary night, but that's kind of the, the most of things in uh, Barovia at this juncture. What do the four of you wish to do? I guess I should show you again if you're not... I'm assuming we've exited the, the chariot? Yes, yeah, you've all, you all exited the carriage upon the end of last episode. I, I get... I don't know if I got to say it last time before we closed out, but I... I I'm a man that likes to appreciate the help of others, so I give him a tip by throwing a coin at him as I leave away. Banana. Uh, never stop. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Oh, no, don't you wait. Rahadin, do you hit him with it, or did you like, throw it over his shoulder? Like, do you intentionally hit him with it? No, I try to hit him. I just throw it in his general direction. If it hits okay, him, cool. he catches it. If it goes by, no, you know. No, it's no, no, give me an athletics check. Roll the fucking oh, dice. Give me God. an athletics check. You pushed Cody too far. It's coming. Athletics, you say? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't... It's already begun. You've rolled so many. There was an 18 yeah, and Why are you rolling so many dice? They're both good <laughs> rolls. Don't you only have advantage when you're in wolf form? I don't know. Do I? I don't know. You look like you have something to say. <laughs> Do you? It says yes. You have yes. advantage on strength checks, strength saving throws as but part of your hybrid. feral might. Yes, because I am feral as hell. But anyway, it don't matter. I'm an 18. What you got to do with my coin? All right. No, you had a 16. Was the first of those rolls? No. But based I got upon plus three, athletics. Motherfucker, put the cursor over the number. That's why you had the... Fuck it, whatever. With the number you had, either way, I rolled a, a contest check. You hit Rahadin squarely between the eyes. Oh, yeah, okay. Fuck. I have to go. Fuck it. <laughs> he glowers darkly at you. And I don't know... I'll put him on this uh, map, because I don't know if you remember what Rahadin looked like. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the purple or the orange square is where you guys are in proximity to the walls. You have entered from the front left. It looks like Glower is just his base look. 
Yes. That's, that's how he, he looks yeah. normally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the visage is slightly darker. The eyes have narrowed a bit. Uh, that kind of wry smile you've seen come over his mouth, maybe, I think once when he was picking you up, it returns. Uh, Bjorn, with your actually relatively keen hearing, you know, you are a, a wolf convert. It's almost as if only you can hear this. It's like it's directed toward you. His mouth barely moves. You will live to regret that. Probably not. I a challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, give me a wisdom save. Oh, oh Lord. Coming at you. Hunter, it's not too late for you and Zephyr to get back in the carriage and go back <laughs> somewhere 19. else. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, you know? Uh, you... It is too late. Uh, you do not take damage from it, but you again hear the screams. Just that chorus of screams in your head. Scream back at him. And mentally. And every, no, I do it physically. All y'all just look at me, and I'm randomly screaming into the wind. So I, Cody, my character Sophie Valmont would see would see this this crazy man screaming, and would see him glowering, see the castle in the dark gloominess and all that, and I'll get to say what I didn't get to say last week, which is with a smile as she perks up, home sweet home. Um. All right, I'll I'll be the I'll be the Rasmus. Um, I'll be the Rasmus. In the in the midst of all this happening, I imagine because I I feel like I think of this stuff kind of cinematically now. Uh, this is all happening with with Bjorn. Sophie's looking up, and in the foreground in front of Sophie, Rasmus walks by, basically just stalking forward, going, and he literally says, "We don't have time for this. Let's go." And just walks literally straight ahead toward. Like, I am assuming there's like a main gate, yes. a main door. Yes, you would have. That's where he's like stalking forward toward it, head down. Okay. And I'm following him. And oh, I'm about to say, how about the other two of you? Well, Bjorn's creeping toward him. It looks like. Uh, I'll, I'll follow behind. I'll follow behind, and you know. Oh, I can move my character. Okay. Yeah, you guys should have full control. I don't. I never do. Yeah, your character's weird. I never, never do. Cody, remind me, the the orange square you said is where we came in? That's the Yeah, that's where the carriage would have parked. Okay, and so then to the east is like the main entrance? Yes. Like where Rahadin is standing would be toward that. And I'll bring your characters back over, but I'll at least bring you to the screen that shows you the actual layout of the... Right. Yeah. And so, because Sophie kind of illustrated this to you all uh, as you were traveling. Oh yeah, I forgot oh, I left the grid intact on this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, assuming that the doors are unlocked. I, I'm I'm picturing that it's that Aragorn gif of him just like pushing both double doors open and just striding on through into the open, like a like a receiving room or whatever, like, like strider. strider. Yes. Uh, I walk up and I knock on the open doors. I'm, door. I'm going to say things about you tonight that could get me canceled. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Uh, 
Rasmus, as he approached, or as you approach, these are ornate doors. They're fluttering torches and iron sconces on either side. You throw these doors open. Ras- or, uh, Bjorn, you knock on them as I assume Rasmus passes in. Rasmus, as you would notice, uh, on the floor before you is also this worn, tattered, like, crimson runner with, like, gold inlay that leads mm-hmm. to another set of double doors. This is kind of an open receiving area. You notice it looks as if it has been meticulously maintained to look partially, like, cleaned. Like, someone intentionally has made it look as if there was an effort given, but not fully. Like, there's an intent to still make it look kind of decrepit and abandoned. In fact, as you guys would notice on the image, underneath both of you, as you walk in, you would see kind of darkened blood or darkened stains on the floor and the stone. As the two of you... intentional, is what you're saying. Yes. Like, okay. Facade. Okay. Yeah, in some respect, a facade's probably a good word for it. As you two kind of approach that second set of double doors... You don't make it to them, Rasmus. It automatically fling open in front uh, of you as well. Well, I was going to say, for what it's worth, I, I intended to stop there, uh, but it looks like Bjorn yeah. would have triggered that, so that's I that's kept fine. going. Yeah. yeah, either way, as you guys kind of enter in, this is all happening fairly simultaneously. You enter in, you probably notice these features, and as you're kind of striding forward, those back doors swing open. You see this open, illuminated vestibule against sconces in the corners with, or in all four portions of it, chandeliers of iron it, Delicate, detailed ironwork coming from the ceiling. You could tell this is a very elaborate castle. Like This is clearly for royalty. But you all notice organ music playing and filling this entire chamber. It looks like Zephyr moved up to where I am, so as Bjorn opens those doors and all that is happening, I'm going to look over at her and go, he's going to be the death of us. Yeah, probably. But I personally am used to it at this point. I feel like you should be too. So we should just press on. Shake my head and just, yeah, do exactly that, I guess. Uh, Uh, Shannon, go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead and try to move Sophie for me, just real quick. uh, Well, I was going to say, while they're saying that, I'll pipe in and I can move her now. And I would say, I would say, don't worry. If if Strahd wanted to kill us before he had a chance to meet us, we'd already be dead. As I'm walking past her, I'm going to say, at this point, it's not him I'm worried about. Things will be fine. (laughs) She just, as you walk by, she just points at herself, like cluelessly. Like, is it me? Without any uh, notice or without any, like, advance warning, you all see Rahadin appear in front of you in a silvery mist. Dark gray. Oh, wait, silvery mist. No, I imagine this is a light silvery mist. There you go. Sparkles. He stands before you kind of to this from where your perspective would be walking in right side of this receiving area. And he says, Mistress Valmont, while you clearly have awareness of the inner workings of the castle, please join me 
to the dining quarters. Just me? I know he kind of gestures <laughs> to all of you. It's almost as if he's speaking <laughs> to you specifically to say you seem to be going other locations. Like you get the feeling he's trying to guide you somewhere as opposed oh, to wow. leaving you to your own devices. I'm going to walk nah, up behind Yorn and grab him by the shoulders and turn him towards the dining room. It seems like he just marches forward wherever he goes like a like a, a Mario versus Donkey Kong mini, so I'm just going to guide him. Just point me in the direction of what you <laughs> want killed and I shall do it. Oh, Lord. Stand in a specific retro gaming call out. He's, uh, he's Mario in Hotel Mario. The bucket's yeah. on his head. You got to put him where he's going. <laughs> Yes. Also, I'm it probably w- would be better for the entire party if a bucket were on Bjorn's head so he couldn't do things. I'm going to whisper to our. None of us had ever played Hotel Mario. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to whisper to our vampire friend there that uh, even though I'm with them, I'm not with them. Specifically, that one. She points. Does Bjorn hear this? She points at I, Bjorn. Yeah, I was going to say, well, no, I, I want to try to hear, no, hear this. It was an SNL joke. It was an SNL joke. I'm really close. It was the Thanksgiving. I don't know what SNL is. The, <laughs> well, you do. Your character doesn't. <laughs> Rasmus, I'm trying to stay in Rasmus character. Rasmus is unfamiliar with uh, the works of uh, Kendrick Dickerson or whatever her name was. Christopher Farley. <laughs> Christopher Farley. <laughs> no, basically, First of his name. her point, uh, the point she was making is with Bjorn. No, is, you're not trying to explain your point. You say words. Do we hear them? All right. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Cody. <laughs> I mean, did you say it loud enough? Oh, no, she like, whispered. Were you saying it in casual conversation? Whisper? No, okay. She whispered to him. I mean, I'll give I'll give those trying to hear her a, or a uh, perception check with disadvantage. I I think I would, man. I think that's something I would be trying to do. I've I've been famously critical of her up to this point. I think True. I would absolutely be trying to listen. Yeah. Uh, if I get the idea, especially that she's close there and, and saying things. So you said perception, but with disadvantage in your case because i know you've been attentive to or we'll go with it just standard so we'll oh well on. and that can be 19 <laughs> okay bjorn if you're wanting to hear i'm going to give you disadvantage even you, right beside her are you though well yeah you are that close go ahead and give me a roll then as well straight up oh, oh okay. you did you have 11 I did. It's, it's 11 yeah it doesn't matter uh, it, it Ra- rasmus definitely hears for your proximity uh, you can help feel like you pick up the gist of her tone even if you didn't Damn, hear the specific health, words man. yeah that yeah, goddamn fear has gotten too loud in my head and i can't hear yeah. shit around me yes the screams that's all it. he wants to do yeah. is just grip yeah. the, the the spear and he's just ready to put it plunge it deep into something that for the, is for the record i'm already tired of, i'm tired of the camera tricks because you keep going into like letterbox mode or something <laughs> and i can't I'm good now. It's You're not fine. going anywhere. Other you than are I fine. My, my things. Also, at some point in time, I desperately want Sophie now that that uh, that Bjorn has used this way to describe what he's hearing to ask him if uh, if any of those dry martinis have silenced the screams <laughs> of all the women that have died under his care. <laughs> that he failed to save. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best parts of that Where's movie. My care. Mm-hmm. Oh. Us. Hey, let, okay. Let oh. So, well, so yes. assuming assuming that I on a 19 that I hear that or at least hear a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or what was it? I roll a 12 plus seven. Yeah. It's 19. It's 19. Yeah. Um, I, the, the only reaction I'm, I'm not going to like rush up and do anything. The only reaction I'm going to have since Zephyr is close enough to me, I'm going to reach forward and like 
put a hand on her shoulder and stop her as I stop myself and point up, assuming that she stops, point oh. up ahead of us to them as they're going around and go, I still don't trust that one. And we need to keep an eye on her. All right. I'm with you on it. All right. That's it. Okay. Rahadin, after the quip from Sophie, after kind of surveying these last few seconds of action, will, again, kind of gesture to a door, kind of lean in to open these double doors. Please enter the dining area. As those of you kind of turn into this dining hall, three enormous crystal chandeliers brilliantly illuminate the chamber. They are stone pillars standing against white marble walls that support the ceiling. The center of this room, as you can see in the image, is a large, likely very heavy table that is filled, covered with a fine cloth, but is filled with foods, roasted meat, herbs and vegetables, fruits, everything plated as if it is a regal feast. Places are also set for each and every person in this party, as well as a few other locations, with china and silver, as well as a crystal goblet at each location. At the center of the far west wall, as you also see on the map, is a massive organ. And at this time, it is blaring out, and you now being in the room with it, hear it in full what you had heard in the receiving area. A thunderous melody. Just great. Sounds as if a, a, an entire orchestra is playing, just in terms of the volume and the dynamics. It sounds incredibly harrowing at points. It kind of brings down to like moments of despair and then comes back up to being almost like a, a royal entrance. A single caped figure is pounding at the keys, enraptured in playing this melody, facing away from you. So we do have someone actually playing. Yes. <laughs> this is that phantom. He died ten years ago today. Is he playing copyrighted music? <laughs> Probably. Can we hear it? No. <laughs> Do we know what song he's playing? No. Ghost of the Orchestra. Is he actually playing it, or is he just like slapping a thing that's auto-playing? <laughs> this moment, organ? in this perspective, yeah, is a you see organ. a caped, seated figure playing this tune on this organ. Would I recognize that figure immediately? Yes. Based upon just the back view of this figure, you all recognize this figure. It's a very okay. distinct back it's of the head. I'm gonna I'm gonna half smirk, like almost sadly, and kind of shrug and then sit down at the table, assuming there are seats. There are. Oh. So I said there there are places set for all of you as well as extras around this table. It is depicting only nine, but have theater of the mind and all that. So Sophie takes a seat. I, I presume you place yourself near the head of the table. Yes. Uh, do the rest of you take your seats as well, or do you have anything yes. to say or I, do about the figure? At the head I of the take room? my seat and I slowly drag it out at a, at a speed where you can hear it like screaming. It's kind of like gritting across the floor going, Rrr! It's being obnoxious. 
and I'm just doing. You can't hear that over the organ, can you? Well, that's where I'm testing to see if to see if it's like going to stop him. I don't know. I'm assuming as a vampire, he might have unique ears. We do. Nope. Going to sit down much less dramatically. They're sharp. At this point, he seems un. The person playing seems unfussed by your sounds. And then I just kind of slowly just kind of take a seat, lean back, but cool like, you know. I imagine I'm probably last to sit. Um, and I kind of want to be at this this second place, like not directly up by the head of the table, a little further yeah. out. I'm assuming Zephyr is mm-hmm. either here or at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, more toward the center. And it's going to take me a minute. In fact, I'm going to look around at the rest of the people who have, have sat. Um, take a deep breath, close my eyes. Let it out, and then just pull the chair away and sit. As all of you have taken your seats, uh, you hear the music begin to kind of crescendo and slow down its tempo to its end. You feel like it's coming to a resolution, a few more chords, a run or two, and it comes to a resolution on a major chord. The figure releases from the foot pedals, so the uh, sustained notes fade into silence. And slowly the the figure turns towards you, still seated on the organ bench. As you all, uh, assumingly alleged, this is Count Strahd von Zarevich before you now. I'm staring down at the table. Not looking, okay. not looking up at him. I'm like half, I'm half in the chair, kind of leaned, staring right at him, just still clapping. Slowly. I imagine Rasmus has like clasped his hands together and is leaned forward on the table, but is looking off to the side at him, mm-hmm. like business. <clears throat> I guess I'm going to be the only one that's doing proper dinner noble etiquette. Just because I was up in my tower for a long time bored and read a lot of books. So I'm going to do proper etiquette, but I will also be looking at our host. Seeing the different postures and different motions you all make, he kind of gestures openly, you know, opens his arms and says, You were kind to oblige me to attend this dinner. I hope in peace. I welcome you to Castle Ravenloft. I hope the preparations are hospitable enough for you. After a couple beats of silence, seeing as the party is going to do that, he uh, quickly gestures toward the door and says, but understandably it would be rude of us to, to dine alone when there are others that could play party. As he says that, you see the four figures I dropped in the chat enter into that opening doorway. From left to right, they oh, are God, all I, could, all I could see at first was Tammy Sitch, and I thought, All right, is Cody trolling me? <laughs> <laughs> Did she walk in? Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I just I when they, when they said 17 years in prison, they didn't say which prison. That's right. <laughs> they uh, sent her ass all the way to Barovia. Damn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the rave. Up. 
Ravenloft Good Federal man. Penitentiary, baby. <laughs> okay, the four people before you. Uh, Strahd gestures and introduces from, from left to right. Yes, these are guests as well. They are consorts. Hmm. Valenta is the young lady in red. Escher stands in the lavender. In white is Anastrasia. And Ludmila is our... He, he smirks upon uh, seeing the mask. <clears throat> is our masquerade attendee of the night. Please join us at the table as well. And the four kind of fill in the table in the spaces that you have allowed. Uh, seeming as Sophie, you said you were sitting near the head table, kind of up front. Yeah. Yeah. Rasmus, you said you didn't want to sit quite near the front, but you're on that, that other side. The second one, yeah. Yeah. This one here. So Escher would take the place next to you, and the other three would fill in as there are spaces available. Throd leaves the uh, organ bench and makes his way to the table. He takes his seat, kind of throws back his cape, takes a seat in this very elegant throne-looking head chair and says, In most circumstances, I would not personally receive you at the dining table to begin. I would allow a visage of myself to greet visitors first, but he surveys the table and sees you, and this is probably a good time for me to ask as any. Despite this being a dinner invite allegedly in peace, you all seem to be very intentional about bringing your entire array of weapons and accoutrement. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes. just nods. I mean, this was Cody yeah, asking Bjorn, character, yeah. but Hunter just nods. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hunter, <laughs> Hunter just nods. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Rasmus comes in with a mace swinging. He's not one for walking around with his oh, weapon. Right. Shield, different story. I mean, he, he very much has the shield like off to his his like side. I guess I, I forget how exactly they store they stow that. Mm -hmm. um, or yeah, I, I mean, they have just like hand. planted it right up, you know, beside his chair when he sat down. So yeah, not in hand, but I mean, it's it's he's he's wearing his chainmail for sure. Yeah. When Bjorn sat down, he had to like pull the spear, and he's pretty much just kind of like sitting there with it off to the side. <laughs> okay. Strahd surveys all of this. Uh, Rasmus, you notice that Escher sitting next to you. Uh, because of the way you have your shield stored, for lack of a better phrase, he recoils a bit and kind of shifts his chair closer to the head of the table. You notice... Draw any, sorry, I was going to say, it doesn't draw any kind of smile or anything from me, but I do look at it, look at him, and then look back at Strahd. And Strahd notices all of this. You see a quick flint of his eyes as he goes over, sees what you have, and quickly moves on. Bjorn, he specifically centers on you in terms of his attention. That spear. Tell me. Does it still speak? Never shuts up. 
knowing where it has been and the body that inhabits it, I imagine it's told you many ill things of me. Quite a few. A rather uh, long and interesting history lesson. I have been here quite a while. Long history is accurate. The tales of that history are likely disputable, however. Much of that, much of that is still to be uh, surmised here. Rod takes the goblet that's before him. Uh, unlike the rest of yours, which are a crystal and have an amber-colored liquid in them, the uh, or the goblets at the other positions have a red viscous liquid inside of them. Strahd specifically is not crystal, but is opaque and adorned with jewels and gold leaf and fitting for a noble. He does raise his glass, as do the four consorts, and say, To our guests, rare as though they may be, interesting, they certainly are. Which, which color is, is in my glass, by the way? Yours is amber. Hmm. Wait, do we all have different colors? No. They have blood, we don't. Oh. She looks sad at that. <laughs> he notices your sadness. He looks and says, Apologies. I did not expect you to return. At least, not with this company. She just kind of shrugs and still doesn't look at him and just kind of grabs the glass. I'm not taking that drink. This whole time, it has been hands clasped, lean forward on elbows, and I'm just direct eye contact. Almost constantly. Technically, it's rude to drink to yourself anyways, so... Bjorn has no qualms with it. At this point, he's figuring if he's able to kill us, he's not going to do so through this way, so I might as well enjoy it. You're too worried about death. Strahd drinks of his, from his goblet, as do the consorts, as does Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn, it's it's a wine. Uh, yeah, probably probably the finest you have tasted at this point, outside of the especially the uh, the Blue Water Inn. I do not probably remember on yet. He takes the drink. Uh, Strahd sets down his goblet and looks specifically at you, Rasmus, and says, "As a person." Of military background and training, I understand this is an environment in which you are likely unfamiliar, but I assure you, I am doing my best to be hospitable to antagonistic guests. You make too many assumptions, Count. Keep the mind sharp. Please. Strahd. No need for formalities. You are a guest in my home. <laughs> Drod. He smirks at your, your quick retort with his name and gestures toward the table. Please, dine. Join us. I wish for this to be a relaxed dinner. Though, and he quickly kind of shifts in his seat to look at the four of you as your various postures or your various weapons are in display. 
I take it you do not wish it to be the same. Tell me then. Why come? If under the promise of peace you come with weapons and waging of war. Why trouble my home? Why trouble me? You can't honestly say you wouldn't find us foolish to not come prepared. I've been called many a thing in my time in this land. I've been called monster. I've been called deity. I've been called scourge. Above all things, though, I am a man of my word. I think Rasmus would at least take a second to look back at what everyone else is doing before he makes any other moves. Bjorn's still sipping from the wine. Still just kind of taking this in, not really wanting to react. Seeing that Bjorn hasn't immediately killed over, I'll have taken a small drink, but nothing excessive. Sophie's just... Be careful. She's just staring at the glass in front of her like a like a child who's been reprimanded. She looks like she's scared of her stepfather. He sees that fear in you specifically, Sophie, and he does gesture while maybe still carrying the conversation with Rasmus. I'm surprised she has not told you of uh, of my intent to honor my word at all times. You may view me as a certain thing, a certain creature in your light, but remember this is my land and I am a noble within it. Even those, as he gestures to you, Sophie, looks at you, those who decide to leave from my ranks, those who abandon our consortium, they know of my honor. I'm going to make the first move. Sophie slams her fist down on the table, knocks her glass over, and stares up at Strahd and says, Honor? Then where's my brother? Oh, yeah. He takes a small sip from his, his goblet, sets it back down, and almost sighs. Yes, Aiden. Troublesome as he intended to be. He was quickly dispatched. I did not kill him. I have simply kept him around. Eyes wide, tears shaky in the eye, staring at him. To everyone else, it must look like she's about to burst. Asher looks across at you, Sophie, and says, Surely you understand. We are consorts. And as you know, Strahd... He kind of pulls back for a second and then continues on. Can, forgive me, Count, sometimes become bored of us. New blood, new consorts, always intrigue. Count von Zedovich. That's mm. ominous. Yeah, very. So where is he? Broad gestures kind of vaguely across the room. 
he is within these walls. You will find, however, if you do seek him, if my hospitality extends to keeping you here overnight, to not send you away or whatever you intend, there are many levels to Castle Ravenloft, many locales in which he may be resting. Why do you feel the need to hide him from us? Why isn't he here eating with the rest of us? Do you have something to hide, or are you fearful of us? <laughs> fearful of you. Perish the thought. No, no. It is not time for Aiden to return yet. To be seen yet. Rasmus, Sophie's going to look directly at you, just square into your eyes with her very scared eyes. Almost human-like. All right, well, that's enough then for, for Rasmus to turn back to Strahd and just tell him that it doesn't seem like there's much else to talk about. You want a hospitable conversation... You have our friend. You have her brother. Bring him to us. I did not expect a negotiation out of this evening's dinner, but I, I shall oblige. What, pray tell, do I get in return for bringing Aiden Valmont into this room? Into your good graces once more. The continuance of whatever this is under hospitable circumstances. <laughs> I extend a polite dinner invitation to allow you as guests into my home to perhaps learn of your purpose, your desires here. And you hold our compatriot against his will and against our wishes. This is not a conversation anymore until that ends. Need I remind you that I did not beckon him here. I did not bring him here of my volition. But you hold him here, and those are not the same thing. Rod gestures toward the back of the room, where the doors are closed, mind you. I have called for his presence. He shall surely be here soon. Rasmus doesn't really so much relax as, um, is there, is there like also water on the table somewhere? Yeah, you would have something kind of akin to not wine, but a non-alcoholic option. Okay. So, is it is it? Um, so I, I've got like I got a glass. It's got wine in it, but there's like a decanter of water or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Is there is there an empty glass? Has anybody emptied their glass at this point? Oh yeah, Sophie would have. Mine's empty. I would have. Yeah, I would have just. <laughs> just gulped it down in one shot and slammed the glass back down out of nerves. 
I'm gonna like um <laughs> you might make me roll for this because it might be too cool. Uh, <laughs> I wanna um is it like it's a hardwood, it's like an ebony wood table? Is that what you yes, said earlier? Yeah, dark wood, wood very yeah, thick wood. Raz was gonna unsteeple his, his fingers for the first time, put like two fingers on the, the rim of his and slide it like expertly over to Sophie and then beckon for hers, her empty. Yeah, give me a shit. <laughs> now it might not work. You give That's me a funny. slide of hand with advantage. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at that. Well, we'll find out here. Well, if it was a true formal dinner, you'd have a water glass and really, a wine glass. Really not. Strahd is really a bad not. host. <laughs> Strahd's a vampire. He also doesn't drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with advantage, this is 14. That's yeah, that'll work. Two. Okay. That'll work. So would you... That- Fallout die hates me. That's a two and a four I've rolled on it yeah. tonight, but the other one keeps coming up pretty good. You deftly slide across your goblet or your crystal, you know, wine glass across the table. And I'm like kind of two finger beckoning Sophie to send me the empty one that she's got or just kind of, you know, Cody. it doesn't have to be like a slick little thing well, or whatever. In in response, can I use mage hand to pick the glass up and hand it to him <laughs> in return. Yeah mage, yeah, mage hand doesn't require, it's like the weight limit's pretty light, but you should be good, yeah. yeah. That's what I she does. I think it's like five pounds. It's I was going to say, yeah, it's, she's, it's something pretty. She sees him do that cool slide and she looks at her glass and realizing she can't do that, she just, the mystical hand grabs it and just carries it over to him and she just kind of shrugs at him. It's the best I got. I'll grab that. Uh, I'll take that that decanter and just pour it. And for the first time, uh, this whole time, Rasmus has been again leaned over onto the table. For the first mm. time, as he takes the water, he actually leans back in his chair and just takes a sip. Not to like combo now, break the now cooling, we're talking, but basically, but Bjorn wants a refill, so now he's kind of like holding the cup up. <laughs> He's, he, he's trying he, to get the mage hand's attention, like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hand, hey, hand, look, finger this way. <laughs> Sophie looks at him, just, just, uh, she just grabs the, uh, assuming there's another drink, she grabs it, just hands it to him, like, angrily. <laughs> Give me that. And as yeah. you start to do yeah. that, Sophie, and to the astonishment of the four consorts at the table, who have all been relatively silent due to this change of demeanor and attitude. You see the doors open to the back of the room, but it's not Aiden. It is a a woman dressed in, in maid like clothing as she enters in with another decanter and a platter of what looks to be soup that she presents. Like soup bowls. I'm sorry. I yeah. heard platter of soup, and I was like, yeah. well, that's a hell of a way to serve soup. <laughs> soup, oh, yeah. soup. Yeah, sorry. It's like slosh. like a punch bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Just ladle that shit Just out. Just a tray of soup. <laughs> this, is, this is a very common custom in Barovia. Splash damage. <laughs> you have to catch it before it hits the floor. Shallow yeah. soup. Everyone hold out your spoons. And <laughs> be ready. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm, I'm Mini sorry. game time. Roll roll I'm for something. Sorry. Roll sorry. for slump. Yeah, there you go. Slumping. Slumping. God damn it. Ooh. Wait, <laughs> what was I, that? Sure, I sure said it. Okay. Is that charisma? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh. <laughs> 
So oh. this this maid brings in again this platter of soup bowls and kind of sets them down around the table and brings another decanter of or of a bottle of wine to the table. And gives a bow and Strahd kind of quickly dismisses her and says, "Yes, thank you, Helga. You are free to go." Before she does though, she does uncork the wine and maybe kind of gently guides your hand back to the table, Bjorn, to dispense another goblet of wine to you. Oh, I just, I just like politely decline her doing it. I just wave for the bottle and take it myself. She just takes the bottle. <laughs> this is mine now. She makes, she makes, she makes brief eye here. contact with you. <laughs> in the most confused, weirded out way. And she walks off. Like, just kind of excuses herself with her platter. Uh, Strahd looks at you, uh, Bjorn specifically, and says, Clearly, Kavan has not spoken of customs to you. You strike nope. me as someone who has not found themselves in the presence of royalty at any point. Nope. Who's he, fucking Dean Ambrose in that interview? Just nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, I, since we're, since we're waiting... Royalty has no... Like, uh, Bjorn has no, like, distinguishment of it. Like, there's just... It doesn't impress him any. But he is. Basically, we're waiting on him to show up, and Rice was still sitting there. I imagine for the first time he would actually ask a question and then say, So, who is this Kavan... While we're talking. Kavan was, is, I suppose, since his sentience seems to exist within that spear, the leader of a group of fey folk who long ago resided in the woods of this land. He befell his fate in combat, but not without assuring in some arrangement, it seems, that it would live on. And as I'm sure you have been told, is Strahd almost like a slightly disgusted looks at you, Bjorn, like with your behavior at the table. As you have been informed, his descendants, his, his lineage has bastardized in his opinion, the way they worship the land. I, for one, am not terribly frightful or fussed about the Fey folk. They do me little good, but worship is worship. Belief is belief. And as someone of my standing and my position in this land, you receive warmly any worship or adoration that appears. I take it, however, if that is here, then my visage is no longer there. On Yester Hill. That's the thing we got rid of, right? Like, did we... Yeah, nope. It's not there no more. <laughs> So, a visage of mine is gone. You have 
seemingly wrested control of a spear away from the Fey folk. And he looks at you, Rasmus, and says, You very clearly have possessed an item that I am not too keen upon, though does have a history in this land. He kind of shudders a little bit looking at it. So Perhaps clearly you are... A... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, clearly you are at least somewhat formidable, despite our early encounter. He chances a glance down at the, the shield. Um, he's not cocky enough to smirk or dumb enough. He's, he's done enough negotiation to know better than that. Um, but he does sort of look at it and then look back at Strahd. You know, this seems like an opportune time to answer questions on both sides of this situation. Indeed it does. You've answered one of ours. Perhaps it's your turn. I shall take it while we wait for your compatriot to return to the room. Tell me, what purpose do you have here at this juncture? <laughs> Clearly you've been here for a fortnight. You have, if reports are to be believed as he kind of smiles, as if uh, acting as though he doesn't likely already know due to various sources. You have wreaked havoc on Yester Hill. You have seen the village of Velaki, at least in part, raised to the ground. You have... We saved a farm. Indeed and you bar, have. Bar. In this entire conversation, it's the first time he's shaking his head openly at that allegation. Clearly, you've taken to being in this land and causing trouble, chaos. To what end? You know, I, I don't want to speak for my compatriots here all the time. And I know that this little tete-a-tete -tete doesn't generally work when you answer questions with another question. But we were made to believe that you're the reason we're here. Or to some degree, at the very least, you know why we're here. We don't know. We can't answer that question for you. And more importantly, we've not found any way to leave. What does one trapped do but naturally trend toward destruction, chaos? Put any creature into a box, the inside of that box won't look the same after a certain amount of time. I'm certainly not one to trend toward that kind of action. And yet, he actually almost laughs for the first time. I know you've seen what we've been up to. You've said as much. Look at me. 
look what this has come to. So the only way for me to effectively answer your question, for any of us to do so, is with another question. Why are we here? He smiles for a moment during your talk of being in a box and trending toward chaos and it not looking the same after a period of time. Though that expression fades as you continue and conclude your, your narrative. As someone who has been here for what feels as though millennia, believe me when I tell you that I understand that a box changes its appearance often when you remain tethered to it. I'll speak openly with you. I did not bring you here. I have simply received you here. The fates... The planes bring people to this place. I simply address and receive whomever crosses through the mists. Though, departing, that is something that rarely, if ever, happens. You see, I generally don't will it that people leave. In part because I have been trying to do so myself. I have been here for an eternity, many eternities. I have sought the one called Tatiana, my love, the one whose love I drove away from myself in a day of anger that I relive over and over. And seemingly every opportunity I get to make that mine, to resolve the source of my darkness, it falls through my grasp. I too wish to leave and have yet to find a way. In time, and he looks specifically in this moment at Sophie and at Bjorn, I have hoped to find a successor to take this place, to become the new lord of this domain. But yet I have not found one. Perhaps they're here in my mist. Perhaps one of you already intends to take my place and betray the others. Question. What's the criteria? Bjorn says as he's kind of like tapping his spear. Tippity-tap, tippity-tap. To succeed me. So rarely has one inquired as such. First of all, you must harbor great darkness, as I do. It is likely that you will need to unseat me. Defeat me. Free me from this impetuous coil in which I find myself. And maybe the darkness 
these demi-planes contain will place you in my stead. Tell me, Bjorn, do you wish to become one with the darkness in this realm? Bjorn just kind of stares at him, not really reacting just yet, just kind of like taking the question in and just kind of like mildly responds as not the kind of power or outcome I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, you really are no different than so many others, are you? He's not saying this to Bjorn. He's saying it to Strahd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said you knew of my background, right? You knew where I come from. You know, the things that I've done, the places I've been, people I've spoken with. Of course, so many of you profess such power, such elegance, such greatness. And in the same breath, beg for death. You know, where I come from, There are a great many people who would say there aren't any there 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 aren't any others there isn't anyone like you. But they're all really like you, aren't they? I don't know what it is you think is beyond this, above this. I know what I think it is. In fact, what I know it is. I know what's waiting for me. I don't think you've thought hard enough about what that looks like for you. He takes another sip, like I'm going to do now. He smiles almost despite himself and looks at you, Rasmus, and says, as someone who has lived millennia, who has resided here for days innumerable, you say, I don't know what I want beyond death, and that I don't understand what's beyond. But tell me, I know that you, too, want something that you can't possess. Someone you can't possess. Mm, Yeah, he's going to grit his teeth on that one. Tell me. And he notices that. What would you do? What would you give up? What would you attempt you be with them. And also, what would you become knowing that you've tried infinite times and they elude you every one? Hmm. It takes another drink. Wipes his mouth with the back of his hand. And says, well. Maybe I'll know what a millennia. He smiles. And says, ah. 
your desired guest has arrived. The four of you hear the doors open in the back of the room. And while I'll use a token for which all of you are familiar, Sophie, you'll likely notice first. It is Aiden. In physical form, at least. He looks much paler than the last he saw any of you. His expression neutral and flat. But he does enter the room. And he sits quietly at the last seat of the table. Probably a couple down here from Bjorn. Sophie would um, immediately just get up and run to him and start talking to him just frantically just shouting words at him not even sure what they are just trying to get his attention trying to speak to him just desperate you run up to him and you as you said you kind of grab onto him kind of start speaking to him and he turns your head to you but it's a, a blank expression. He, in the moment, doesn't seem to absorb anything you're saying, doing, who you are, none of it. Bjorn kind of like snaps his fingers in front of his face. No reaction? Mm-mm. I'm going to recoil, recoil in horror and then out of character ask, considering what I am, would I know what's happened to him? You would know he's well on his way to being what you are. You would... You would notice having run up to him the two marks on his neck. But from what you can tell, he has not been bit enough to fully turn. Does the knowledge amongst any of us, is there any knowledge on how to, if we, do we know that we can stop it or reverse it? Someone told us once before, if I remember correctly, that they, out of character, they work on uh, traditional vampiric setups. You kill the host. Kill the master. Yeah. The rest revert. Right. So. Bjorn's definitely getting twitchy and. A little bit of like internal kind of flicker of rage is starting to kind of roll it from the inside. Would, would she know why he's so catatonic? Like, is that normal? This is me asking. Is that normal? Did she yeah. go through the same thing, basically? From tales from Escher and the other consorts, you would know that this is kind of where things lead. Actually, for the rest of you, you would probably be a little taken aback seeing as the other person you've encountered who has been. <laughs> this far into encounters with Strahd was not this catatonic. That being Irina. So there seems to be something a little more here happening, or at least something out of the quote-unquote norm you've encountered with your one person so far. But not out of the ordinary for Sophie. Yeah. You have been told that this is something that can happen, or you have seen 
seemingly either by your own eyes or just kind of being living vicariously through tales told that this is something that can happen when the mind is under that kind of limbo between being turned and kind of just under the control or visage of Strahd. Is there, like, also out of character, but, like, is there any reaction, like, internal monologue discussion would have you have you happening um, for Bjorn kind of in relation to um, the spear? Yeah. 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 Kavan, like, as you start twitching and kind of gripping it, you hear him, you hear, like, that guttural laughter. <laughs> you have sat here in this house too long. Clearly, you see what he wishes to do. Your friend is nearly gone. Strahd beckons you to become his successor. This bastardized land needs to be freed. Do something about it. Bjorn, before you do anything about it. (laughs) Before you do anything about it. Cody, I have a question about the nature of vampires. And also where babies come from. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have one of those. Ask our other friends in the group chat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, talking about. So, uh, in the, to the nature of Sophie and these vampires, and you say that that he's almost gone. So, would Sophie still retain herself from before she was a vampire, or would I be would I be accurate in saying that she has some kind of flicker of what she used to be, but that's not who she is now? You believe, like, what you have been portraying yourself to be, what you have been showing to the group, is who you think yourself to be. Now, whether or not it's your whole self or, like, everything about you, you're not confident. Like you said, there are flickers, there are flashes of a past life or what you were before this, but you're putting on essentially the bravest face. You're putting on the facade you are comfortable enough to show. So before Bjorn does anything crazy, while he's talking to his, his spear there, uh, Sophie will give her her big monologue, which I'm not going to do verbatim because I uh, I'm just not. But <laughs> well, I I can't do a feminine voice, and then I sound weird being all manly. But I mean, go for it. It's no no worse than Strahd, the man of probably Germanic <laughs> Transylvania descent, sounding like the same fucker I've been the last year and a half. So she would look at Aiden and just kind of start quiet, but get louder and and say something to the extent of, you know, I look at him and I know I know him and something inside of me tells me that I should feel something for him. But I don't know if that person that's in front of me is him anymore. If that person is me, I feel something, but I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what any of this is. And if he's going to become like me, then your friend, my brother, is already gone. And she looks back at Rasmus. And so am I. Then she pulls her crossbow out. Yeah. Shit. Bjorn um, looks up to Rasmus. I feel like Rasmus. all of this is like slow motion. This is all happening yep. in slow motion. Like as soon as the, the crossbow gets pulled. But where does she point it? Is the question. Bjorn looks like in the midst of this, Bjorn kind of like looks across the table at Rasmus and just like a, like 
a flicker in the eye of just that. I feel like Rasmus probably sees what, I, what, what <laughs> in my face what's about to happen. We're about to, as an aside, we're about to cover Tombstone on Extras and Epilogues tomorrow <laughs> night, me, Shannon, and Kaz. And I feel this is just the, now this like is the, Virgil going, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> this is the gunfight. Yeah. So in this moment, as this is happening, Bjorn slowly gets up out of his seat. This is Doc Holliday just winking at, at yep. Billy Clinton. Yep. It's just begins to transform into Shit. his wolf form, drops the cup, Looks at the table, and in a deep, guttural voice... Don't do it. ...says, banana. God damn it, I knew he was going to do it, and it bothers me knowing that he did it. I I don't know if you want to cut it there or what, but I'm Rasmus is going to pick up his shield, basically, and almost just get behind it. I would cut it there, honestly. That's... Like, I feel like all this is happening once you're pulling the crossbow immediately. I'm just going to, oh, no, and just grab that shield and get behind it. Before I press pause on the VCR, Zephra, you look like you have something to do. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I mean, if they're going to do those, I think my immediate would be I'd duck under the table. <laughs> That's smart. I don't have a shield. Good move. <laughs> All of this happens in that slow motion transformation with probably the spear either in hand or nearby ducking behind the shield and a holy symbol that allegedly will ward off vampires and Strahd himself. Zephra under the table. Sophie draws crossbow. All of this happens. The consorts kind of back away from the table Strahd starts lifting himself from his chair and is standing all six foot four of himself, you know, chest out. He's big boy. He is seemingly ready for what is about to happen. Camera pans to, you know, across this action. You see Aiden. Eyebrows lift a couple times. Hand twitches where his whip would be. And we press pause on the VCR. Oh, 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 oh. I got the, chills. The joke ending is that it pauses and you go, boy, them Duke boys are in more trouble than a June bug and molasses. I swear to God, I've been just like listening so intently as the way this is playing out because I didn't want to jump the gun. But the moment that he said the crossbow and then like, or Kaz is about to do something crazy. I was like, yes. Well, I knew as soon as the spirit talked to you, I better get this in before, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> before it's too is. late. Yeah. That's all there is. Oh, it's setting I up the final good. fight. Yep. Yeah. Well, no man. Very few I'm math rocks dead. this time, friends. But don't worry. It's gonna be oops all math rocks next week. <laughs> we got some fighting to do. Oh, it's oh, fucking exciting. This this what? reminds me a lot of Dawn of Defiance when we got ready for that final battle. It's that just like yeah. ugh, this is a yeah. good way to go. Dawn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I got a week to figure out strategy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, you're well blocked. You you're under a table. Yeah. Say you're, I'm I'm just gonna just how many times can I use the holy symbol? <laughs> well, it has uh, a number of charges. I know I it does. I'm about to say you I, need to send that to you. You better uh I found it. I yeah. found it again. It, it's pretty badass, honestly. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about that. So yeah, it, it can do some shit. I, I'm I just gonna know. 
I, I don't. Does my blood spear do anything for me besides make me a crazy person? <laughs> I mean, you didn't need the blood That's spear for that, buddy. You were crazy. Yeah, 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 I'm pretty yeah, sure that was just <laughs> you, man. Everyone in the room instantly goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what the hell you say? I'm the sanest one <laughs> you've ever met. No, that's uh, Zephra. <laughs> Zephra's the only sane one. Yeah, you there is. And until you fuckers came along. <laughs> right. It does have effects. I will send those to you because it has Maybe like an I as will absorb the darkness and take over the country. That'd be a Cody fucked up that. ending. Do the ones I just dropped in the text are those the? I'm sorry, we're still recording, but are those the yeah, natural? That's okay, that's what I thought they were. That's yeah, what yeah, it's what it's what I've got as well. So, yeah. sounds good. Boy, so Sophie's gonna hate this fight with you on her side. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, you gotta have to bob and weave there, kids. <laughs> It's, it's, it's that brief bit from the movie that nobody likes, which is uh, semi-pro. Everybody loves everybody. <laughs> That's what they want to have happen at the table, and it's not happening. Right, Very Cody, much not happening. Cody, before we get to next week, when we'll have the end of the Curse of Strahd campaign in a blaze of glory, and I'm super excited for our listeners to hear it, we have some other shows this week that I'd like to mention. Yes, please yes. do. Well, have some. You. Hunter, tomorrow, I believe, the, myself, you, yourself, and the Kaz banana up there will be talking about the uh, the last film on the list for Nostalgic November for Extras and Epilogues. Mm-hmm. What do we got uh, in yeah, store? We were just talking about it a minute ago. Uh, in 1990. Oh, shit. Is it five or six? Tombstone came out in 96, right? I'm not sure on that one. Oh, it's 93. Oh, wow. I thought it was earlier. I didn't know when. I really thought it was later. 1993's Tombstone. Ah, Uh, For what it's worth, uh, it is is available on YouTube for free with ads. Yeah. Uh, And you can skip the ads. It's super easy. Yeah, we we were watching earlier. It's what drove me a little bit late because I was going to watch half the day and half tomorrow. Wait, it's on what? YouTube? YouTube. It's on YouTube with ads for free. I've got it on Zach's Voodoo. It's through YouTube we'll movies, so it's it on not DVD. like a random yep. thing. Yeah, you can totally just pull it from there. Yeah. But, um, you mean it's not the rip from my VHS on my personal <laughs> YouTube page? <laughs> on your Plex. So, so, yeah, if if any of the listeners want to want to watch it before the show. And again, you should. That's, that's tomorrow night, and you should yes. very much. Um, yeah, I think we can kind of uh, tip the hand a little spoiler bit Spoiler alert. It's going to be, <laughs> yeah. it's oh, gonna no, be a lot of thumbs going up yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah, this ain't um, dog soldiers, boys. Oh, <laughs> can God, we hold each other's thumbs and double them? Yes. And just pull them upward. So, yeah, so yeah, do that tomorrow night, uh, 1993's Tombstone. Uh, Thursday. Thursday is the last nostalgic November yep. uh, after dark. And, and I've and I've got our list for us already. Oh, shit. Do you really? Uh, yeah. No, I have our list already for us. Uh-oh. Thank you. Uh, no. Shannon, what was your list going to be? Uh, pick your five <laughs> favorite Podzilla 1985 cast members, past or present. No. And we'll see who wins. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. We have to draft them too. It's the PZ85 draft. Yes. That won't hurt anyone's feelings. I can't wait. Yes, who goes last? Me, Ethan, or Mandy? Let's go. Oh, oh it won't be hey, Mandy. Hey, 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 hey. Zach Price used to be a cast member of this show. You oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah, he, oh, man. Boy, he's, he's, not, a- he's not worth drafting. He's like drafting Steve Rogers in World War II before the serum. That bitch don't belong. You don't draft Zach Price. You just, sh- 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 no, no, can't say the words. All right, Cody, take us out, buddy. Careful. Oh, wait, 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 Friday? Are, are they coming no. out of the stable? No, because no. Lindsay and I will be in Arkansas. Tickets. 
Oh, or Animaniacs yeah, in concert because I'm uh, yeah. Oh, nice. It's Saturday, so I, I was I was good for Friday, but yeah. That's, um, Unless yeah, you guys want to okay. do the horses without me, which you can always do no, that. But no, um, no, no. otherwise, we'll be back it's next week first, with more horses. I was gonna say it's the first day of December. We'll kick back into that properly in December. Yeah, there and we're go. we're running dickless December all December. We're talking about people who have no dicks. Uh, my first pick I, is Walter Peck. I thought you meant we all had to leave, and I was like, "So it's just going to be what?" Like it's just Lindsay, Lindsay doing the show. It's just Lindsay Shelby for the entire month. <laughs> Lindsay, so you have one? I had, oh God, uh, Cody, take us out. Take us out, Cody. <laughs> uh, next week, it finally ends. To quote Jr., sometime around the end of the invasion, finally, <laughs> we'll see you then. It's turbo time. <laughs>